Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guests are director and executive producer Susanna Leva and executive producer and founder of She Is, Isabella Grosso. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thank, Thank you so much. It's Thank the, you. You're welcome. Um, we're going to be talking about your brand new documentary entitled She Is, and I'm going to start with you, Isabella, since this is the organization that you founded in 2014. Tell us a little bit about the documentary and about your nonprofit and she is. So we started the nonprofit first before ever thinking about doing the documentary. When we went to Thailand the first time and got to experience teaching these girls dance, I knew that I wanted others to see how empowering dance is. And when Zuzana came on board in 2015, and, you know, being, she's obviously we're both professional dancers, but she knew like the background of like directing and producing and all that stuff. I was like, Hey, why don't we start a documentary so people can see the work that we do? I was like, here you go. <laughs> Let's just get it started. <laughs> obviously a documentary is not scripted, of course. So it's not like we have, you know, a script in front of us. A lot of it is just kind of like figuring out and just kind of going with the flow. And when we filmed in Southeast Asia. We just had a structure of how everything was going to go. And we just started filming. That's it. (laughs) Susanna, how did you get attracted to this project and also to the organization itself? Mm -hmm. So it was around time when I was doing a lot of nonprofit work and I was kind of trying to find the thing that called me. So I was trying, I work at the women's shelter, downtown Los Angeles, at the children's court. So I was trying a lot of different things, trying to find where I felt called the most. And that's when Isabella asked me if I would want to join her nonprofit. And I just felt like, yes, this would be, of course, the best thing to do. I can share my love of dance with girls rescued from sex trafficking. That just sounds something so horrific. I don't understand how anybody can survive that. So to give them something back would be wonderful. And in 2015, I went on my first mission trip to Thailand. And that was just so impactful. We had about 40 or 50 girls. It was so many girls. It was 62 girls. 62 girls that we were teaching dance and they are so amazing and loving and caring and sweet and they were so young it just blew me completely away and just to see how much they grew and how much joy they had in the dance classes was amazing and that's when we started a little bit filming just to kind of see what it would look like and to get some promotional videos to start our campaign on Indiegogo and raise some funds to shoot the documentary and that was yeah that was the start of all of it amazing Isabella just so our listeners know, let's get, talk a little bit about your background and how you, why you started this organization and how you started it. So just so everybody understands a little bit about what we're talking about with this documentary, She Is. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a survivor of child sex, sexual abuse. My abuse started at five years old and then continued throughout my childhood through seven different people. A family member, my cousin, started grooming me around 12 years old. And by the age of 15 years old was the first time I went to a strip club. And then 16, on my 16th birthday, I started stripping. During this whole time, dance, I'm a professional dancer. So dance was something. 
something that always connected me to my body. It was the time where I felt like it was mine and nobody was going to be there to hurt me or touch me or do anything inappropriate. And when I would listen to the music or be with my dance teacher or the students in class, I just felt such a safe community there. And once I got into, when I was 27. I was in the strip club industry for 10 years. And I wanted to get obviously out of the industry. I just didn't know how. So I was like, looking for ways to meet other women. And uh, I came across Women Empowered, which I ended up falling in love with and meeting other women who started their own businesses. And I became a board member of Women Empowered. So I would teach dance class to girls after school. And then I got connected with this nonprofit called Children of the Night, which is located in Van Nuys. And they the girls would live there and get an education, but they were rescued from prostitution sexual abuse, sex trafficking, everything that falls under that umbrella. I started teaching dance with them and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I kind of knew the logistics of how to run a nonprofit. It kind of gave me the confidence to start She Is. And it was me and two others, Aaron and Michelle. I was like, let's just, let's do this. I know from my experience, dance has helped and healed me. And I wanted to share that with these young girls. That's how it started. And we've been going on since 2014. And I love it. I want to change it for the world. So the documentary viewers will see the work that we do. And they'll see the transformation that happens with these girls. I mean, it's just dance, but it's so empowering. Even if you just put on a song that you like, you don't have to be a dancer. And then like automatically you feel good. You feel like ooey gooey feeling and you just want to dance. So with these girls, you can see that transform in them. A dance uh, does bring about freedom. You do feel free, obviously. Mm-hmm. If you put on a music and to start dancing uh, while, when you're alone, it does lift your spirits. Uh, definitely. Zuzana, this is your first documentary. So what was that like for you to decide just, you know, let's just do this. Let's just make a documentary. <laughs> um, what was that like for you and your process? And what possessed you? <laughs> I know. I actually never really asked Bella to figure out why did you ask me? Because I had no previous experience other than that I love documentaries. I love watching documentaries and Isabella too. So we had this passion of, did you watch this one? And did you watch this one? And then she asked me and I was just like, yes, let's do it. And I'm not sure why I said yes. I'm not sure why she asked me. <laughs> but we had to learn every step of the way, figure out every single thing. I read a lot of books. I took some online classes. And most importantly, I think that was the most helpful for me. I have two of my favorite documentaries and I watched them each about probably 30 times. <laughs> I could say word by word and Which... I would break them down with scenes and beats and what happens and what I like about them and what I would change. And then I kind of figure out how we want ours to look and how to accomplish that and really bringing the team together that was just so creative and so passionate. We love our team, you know, Megan, our writer, Nathan, our director of photography, and they both brought so much to the table and really helped this project come together. So what, do you mind uh, saying what your two favorite documentaries are? Definitely Bombay Beach by Alma Harel. She's a phenomenal documentary filmmaker. And Pervert Park. It's by this Swedish married couple. I cannot pronounce their names. 
notes, but I, I can <laughs> learn. But both of those movies are absolutely amazing. Wonderful, because this show is dedicated to documentaries and independent films. So always nice yes. to uh, have a recommendation from a filmmaker about other documentaries, for sure. Talking about uh, the director of photography, your cinematographer, the cinematography in this is really beautiful. It's beautifully done. Um, the way you have they you filmed the dance sequences. Talk a little bit about the cinematographer and how you did attract him to this project. So Nate and Kim, he used to be, well, he still is a professional dancer. And I've known him pretty much since I moved to Los Angeles. So 16, 17 years, we did so many different jobs together. And eventually he transitioned into cinematography, mostly recording dance. And all of his videos were just so beautiful. He's so talented. The way he captures, the way he sees the world is just very special. It's very soft and dreamy and feminine and beautiful. And so when this project came together and we were looking for a cinematographer that's definitely somebody who I thought of because that was our goal. We have this very heavy, hard topic and we want it to be viewable for a lot of people and survivors. So our goal was to, how can we make this hard topic as beautiful as the light on the on the uh, filmmaking side so it's digestible for people. So we had actually interviewed with a couple different directors of photography. Nathan came and he had a full list of questions for us. It was like the interview flip. <laughs> and he just, just his, the way he was inquisitive about the projects and how we want to capture it and already his creativity, he already came with some ideas and passion. We just knew right away we want him on our team and we were so lucky that he, he agreed and he spent those couple of years with us traveling and uh, yeah, it, it was, I love Nathan. Yeah. He's such a sweet human being too. Well, it is. It's The cinematography is just, is really special and you're right. This is a very difficult topic to talk about, but it's you've done it in such a beautiful way where it's not it's not heavy handed hitting you over the head. It's it's really about the healing process. Let's talk about that, Isabella, about how through this organization she is and the documentary, obviously, how did you create this particular type of program for these women? How did you really know that dance was going to be the way to heal many of these women that uh, have been, you know, and in, in, I can't even imagine, I just really can't imagine at all what their lives must be like and how you're helping to heal them. So how, for you, how did you discover that process? Besides just for yourself, how did you realize that if it helped you, how it might help other women? Well, two things. When I was when my parents separated, I went with my mom and I didn't have this dance anymore. When I was, when my parents were together, like my dad would take me to dance class. I was going five times a week. When I moved with my mom, she was working full time and I didn't have dance anymore. So during that time, I didn't understand how I was feeling in my body and not having that time to go to class and really like move my body and get that trauma out, not realizing it. I tried to to end my life twice. And it wasn't until later on that I discovered it was dance that was really helping me get through that part of my life. So when I started dancing again, I was like, oh, wow, like I needed this. And as I was taking this writing class called Writing Through Your Life, that's how I kind of discovered like, oh my God, it didn't dance was really healing me. And then when I was part of this nonprofit and when I started teaching at Children of Their Night, it was like an instant connection because I understand what they went through. There was this girl, she did not want to take my class. 
She was just like this rebel girl like me when I was a teenager. She was just like not having it. She didn't want to take the class. She thought it was stupid. One time I was, and they had to take the class. Like the point of my workshop is that they had to participate. If they don't participate, then it's like they get a grade knocked off and then they will have to repeat it again. So I was so, and I would have to write her name if she didn't take the class again and she wasn't participating. So this one time she just like got in my face and she's like, you don't understand what I've been through. And I was like, excuse me, I know exactly what I've been through. I've been through sexual abuse and trafficking and all of this stuff. And then after class, she like her mood shifts. So when I saw her the week after that, she started taking the class again. And then she became like, like she was the one that was in front of the class. And then she started coming up with her own choreography. And I remember when I went to go teach, she was like, Oh my God, I, you know, came up with this routine. And then she taught the girls and it was to this Beyonce song. And she just like took a few of the, a little bit of the choreography that I taught her and she made it her own. So I knew that there was something in this and I just wanted to keep keep this going. So then that's why like how she is came. And then I think going overseas and seeing these girls like dance is universal. Like I we don't really understand Thai or Khmer. So uh, we would always have a translator with us. But once we start moving, like we're not talking, they're just visually seeing what we're doing and they're repeating it. So so that's how I just knew it was so powerful. We can teach it here in the States. We can definitely teach it all over the world. Right. What made you decide to go to Southeast Asia? But, you know, you had there's so many people here in this country, obviously, and that you can help with what you're doing. What, what made you decide to go over there? Honestly, I didn't really think about it until I was actually in Thailand, just going on vacation. For some reason, I just decided to look up some nonprofits out there. Since I was going to be there, maybe I can teach dance. And then when I was in Thailand, Erin and Michelle, the first two women who were part of She Is, they went to this event where they met somebody from Destiny Rescue. So, and then they did mission trips. So here I am teaching in Thailand at two nonprofits, and then they found Destiny Rescue so we can go out there and teach. It's a different experience overseas we can work with the girls more and we can talk about like I'm allowed to talk to talk about what happened to me but when you teach out here in the states it's more like the walls up you just teach so that's a little bit different um but yeah so then that's how we just decided decided to do it and then we've been doing mission trips every year we just didn't do one in 2020 because our last one was in 2019 and then COVID happened so we had to put that on pause were you able to get back and do it again in 2021 or did you have no, to because oh. raise money but um and it was still a little weird still for traveling right so our goal is to go this year okay good for sure so Susanna how what was the most difficult part of filming she is putting up well, with- <laughs> what, what was that what was that putting up with Isabella uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, that wasn't. I mean, I guess two different aspects. One, I guess every documentary filmmaker will understand working with a very small budget, <laughs> trying to create a lot, trying to still pay people that are part of it. That's just challenging itself. Just always trying to figure out a location for free or for a deal and asking all these dancers that we had at the end um, to donate their time to be part of this big dancing. So that's always a challenge when you just don't have the funds for documentary that you would like to do. 
And the second biggest challenge I would say that we've met was that we knew when we go shoot to Southeast Asia, because the girls are underage, we have to protect their identity so we cannot show their faces. Now we, of course, want the viewer to relate to them. So how do we connect the viewer to these young girls when we cannot show their face and their expression and how they are feeling? So that was, I think, the biggest challenge for us. How do we capture? How do we capture them and their essence without revealing their faces? Um, And that was really a lot on Nathan to kind of try to figure out how do we make this work? How do we shoot the dance scenes without showing their faces, you know, going from the back, the side, blurring sometimes and really getting creative on still showing the work. And when it came to the rooftop dance scene where we really wanted to just show the girls performing and dancing, we knew that we cannot blur their faces. That's not going to work. It's this beautiful dance scenes on a rooftop with their like stunning dresses that were just ruined the moment. So I think it was, was it Nathan that came up with the idea of the masks? I believe so. Was it? Honestly, remember? No. Or, or, <laughs> Jordan, or no. Possibly. So we had this discussion of like, how do we do this? How do we capture this dance scene? And I believe it was Nathan who came up with this idea. Why don't we just use masks? Like, would that be enough right. to cover their faces using masks? And I was like, oh my God, yes, this is genius. And then we came up with the idea of making the masks with them, making it part of our time together. And they each creating their own mask that's unique and different color and just personal to themselves. So yeah, that was definitely difficult. And I, I hope we can accomplish the goal. I think we did. You did. I mean, that scene, it's beautiful. I mean, it is really beautiful um, with the mask. I think that just mm-hmm. actually is the symbolism Mm-hmm. of the mask is also very strong and that comes through and and it was just it just really is exquisite and and you know i think it's in japan somewhere uh, also in asia where they do dance with mask mm-hmm. you know a lot mm-hmm. of them that is part of it you know that it's, i forget what the name of that dance maybe you know isabella what it is where they dance with mask i'm not sure but anyhow there is a a, a they do do this in other countries anyhow but it's it's beautiful uh the way that you did do that talk a little bit about um Susanna that you know Isabella is dancing uh at this movie and you're telling the story but there's that exquisite you know just the movement of watching Isabella dance and she's beautiful her you're just gorgeous anyhow to watch Isabella uh and that exquisite scene um of just how it just was transposed. Can you talk a little bit about that? Do you know what, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So we definitely, the goal for us was like, how do we incorporate dance into the documentary and make it part of it where it's not pushed or forced and it just naturally represents different moments. So Isabella, of course, is a fire dancer, um, an amazing one. So I was like, Oh, we have to do fire dance. And we just thought about how do we, what does that represent? How can we incorporate it? And we did the opening scene with the fire dance as a representation of this uh, history and abuse that she lives with as the fire. And she has to live with it and dance with it every day without getting burned. Right. It's this kind of metaphor for what she's been through and how she's experiencing her life. So that was one of the big dance sequences that we did in the beginning. And we did another one uh, for the strip club, which, um, was another metaphor for us of 
kind of the obsession of how we see women when we go there and the obsession with the body and how beautiful it is without realizing maybe how what the cost was for the woman, for her family, for mm -hmm. people around. And we also wanted to make it slightly trippy in a way of this memory for Isabella of thinking back and having this experience when it's almost like a flashback and it won't happen or it didn't happen. It's so long ago. Um, so that was beautiful. Nate's inside shooting it and our editor, Ben, I kind of gave him the freeway of how do we make this look? You know, do we go like forward, backwards, split screen to really make it just interesting kind of almost if you're on drugs and you're watching this woman perform. So he came up with this beautiful idea of, kind of following her frame as she dances. Right. And we just thought it's really beautiful. It really is beautiful. It truly is. Isabella, I always admire people who take a circumstance in their lives that could have devastated them. And you mentioned you tried to take your life twice, and I can see why. Um, and yet, you came through the ashes, you know, you're the phoenix coming through the ashes and doing something good in the world. So I just want to uh, honor you and what you're doing. Um, and, and because it's so important, you're, you know, you've taken something that a lot of people might have just crumbled and shriveled up and allowed it to affect their lives in negative ways. And yet you somehow have that inner strength. So I always think God gives us these things, that inner strength to take it and do something beautiful with it and helping other women. Um, what What is it inside of you that you think made you be different with this because so many other people, other women may not have? Um, that's hard. I mean, healing is a long journey. Like I'm still really working on myself every single day. I think, I don't know what it was. I just, when I started to share my story, and I knew that I wasn't alone. I knew instantly that I had to do something to change it. And I think when I was taking that course, uh, writing through your life, that's when I kind of discovered I could help others. And I just knew that this was something that I needed to do and that this was my purpose in life. And it is. It really is. Where can I'm so sorry, our time is up. I would love to talk to you some both of you more about this. Where can people see she is? So right now they can pre-order on iTunes. And on January 17, it will be released on iTunes, Amazon, and Roku. And also a few smaller channels. You can follow us at our Instagram. It's uh, she is underscore powerful. And we will be showing all of the different channels that the documentary will be able to view. But Amazon, iTunes, and Roku are the biggest ones that people probably have. Wonderful. Well, thank you both for being on my show, and I wish you much success with She Is, and everyone, seek it out. It, it is, it's, it's, even though it's a difficult topic, it is uplifting, and, and uh, you'll walk away feeling good after you watch it. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having us. You're so welcome. To all my wonderful, loyal listeners, your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, 
the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, on YouTube. Subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review? Drop me an email at thejampriceshow.com. Thank you for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.